Welcome to Point of View, where we give students a place to listen, learn, and lean in. We're your hosts, Caitlin, Avery, and Logan. And today we'll be talking about all three of our favorite albums of all time and having a conversation about why we love them. Mm-hmm. My first um, album is Wastelands by Brett Fayez. Um, and I chose this album not because I thought it was the most creative or like the best album he's released. Personally, I think his debut album Saunderson is the best one he's released but like it's more like raw than this one but for me I chose this more about like my feelings and how this album has affected me um so Wasteland is about how fame can change you are and your motivations and I've been a fan of him since um 2020 so naturally I was counting down the days till this album dropped and at the time I was in New York doing a program at NYU where I could stay in dorms and I even took classes so it was like probably the happiest I'd ever been because I got to be like independent and I used to walk the city by myself and my family was back here in Georgia so I just felt so grown up but the first time I listened to the album, I did not like it. I was disappointed and because it was just so different from what he had previously released. And I felt like I didn't resonate with it as much. Right. Um, and I was talking to my friend because we both really love him and we started listening to him at the same time. And she was like, you need to listen to it again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, because like... I was like in New York alone, so it's not like I had (laughs) close friends to talk to. So I just listened to the album on a loop. It was basically like exposure therapy. (laughs) I just kept listening and listening, and then I loved it. And I just feel like I was no longer, I no longer minded that he changed the way he did his music because he's not the same person he was when he released it, and I wasn't the same person I was when I first discovered him. So you basically Stockholm syndrome yourself. In the yeah, <laughs> I literally just forced myself. Um, and I think it's important to understand that people grow and change, and just because something is different doesn't mean it's bad. And so now when I sit and listen to it, I pretend that I'm you know walking the streets again of New York with my AirPods in, looking unapproachable <laughs> and mysterious. <laughs> and yeah, that's why I chose that oh, one. That's that's nice. really... uh, what's your favorite song off the album? Mm. Maybe um oh wait no heal your heart the interlude Ooh, that's so good that. that's my favorite I'm saying that like I've heard it before but I, I'm just <laughs> gonna agree with you I, I haven't heard it before uh, Avery your first album um, yeah so for mine this isn't my favorite Taylor Swift album but like the whole album is a no skip and it's folklore by Taylor Swift mm-hmm. it came out in 2020 which was sort of when I started to be a Taylor fan so it really like helped me like get more into her music. But a little bit about the album is that she was writing this album in the early months of the pandemic. And she like described it as like when she had nothing to do, she would escape off into this world she created in her head where she would create these songs and it would be like in a woodsy area or like a magical cabin and she would like just like come up with these storylines and ideas. 
So the album like has like about 17 songs and it's an hour long, but I personally love this album because I feel like a lot of like my thoughts and ideas are represented like kind of clearly in the album and like she does a really good job in like telling those stories. And so one of my favorite songs from it is called The Last Great American Dynasty where she basically like um, creates a story about how like this couple is like in a rich town but this lady is so crazy that she like kills her husband oh, basically wow. but like not like murder like he just like passes away from like how excited she is so, like I really like how <laughs> I really like how like fast it is like oh. it's like pa- fast paced and then mm. like gets straight to the point and it's just like cool story but yeah but I feel like also like she has like a few other songs called like seven this is me trying and mad woman and it like you know like how like teenagers like you're like oh like I'm like the worst ever like nothing Mm -hmm. is going good in my life I feel like in these songs she can like really like capture like what it feels like to like have that feeling because in the pandemic like a lot of people felt hopeless I guess so maybe this was like her way of like producing that out and I feel like I can relate to it so I really like listening to it overall like the album is a 100% listen and like I said I have no skips and I would recommend it to anyone who likes like deep emotion music but like also that's pop and alternative okay that's cool so you said you wouldn't find this your favorite Taylor Swift album, right? No. Or the best or something like that. What do you think your favorite is, or your best, the best is or whatever? Do you? My, my favorite is probably Evermore, which uh, is like the sister album to it, but oh, okay. I just, there's like one song on that album that I don't like, so <laughs> That's I can't really pick that one. Uh, so my number one pick is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. It's kind of an album that doesn't really need any introduction. It's a mainstay of the rap top 10 nowadays, and it's not really hard to see why. And this probably because I'm a massive Kendrick fan, but I personally believe almost every single song on that album is a masterpiece. It covers incredibly deep and nuanced topics. There's, and he's so honest and genuine about his coverage of like class issues, racism, sexism, mental health, suicidal thoughts, economic struggles, and just how he actually viewed the country at the point of time. And something about that is so fascinating to me, making a concept album mm-hmm. that's not about something like Taking on basically the whole fucking world in it, you know what I mean? It's like something about that's so just artistically satisfying. And me personally, coming from someone who came from a very low economic background, it really did remind me a lot of my childhood. I highly suggest that whoever, like any listener, listens to it on your own and try to grasp how deep and impactful and all the meaning behind each song is. I can't explain it myself. I can't define it myself because it's all so massive. You know what I mean? It's just. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it injustice by trying to wrap it all up into a pretty little bow in a five-minute section. <laughs> the album itself has a well-crafted track list and guides you through the powerful message in its words with a building poem at the end of every song that gains each stanzas by the song. The actual sound of the album is really shifting from haunting instrumentals on songs like You to booming energy in the hype of song like All Right and many more than that. The range of the album itself actually makes every new song a new hip-hop experience. and. For someone like me who really didn't listen to a lot of hip-hop before going into Spoon Butterfly, something about that really felt good to me to get this like variety of experiences entering into hip-hop for the first time. Every single song on that album, no question about it, has I think nearly perfect production. It's absolutely absurd. Like, it's fucking crazy all the shit that he's doing on it. There's not really much more I can say other than that. I can't really wrap it up into a pretty little bow, like I said, and try to 
tell you why to listen to it, but if you if you like rap, or especially really good narratives, really good wordplay, really good lyricism, and just high concept albums, listen to this album. It's not a please listen to this album, it's not a if you can listen to this album, listen to this album. Take time out of your day to listen to this album. Do you have a song that you feel was like most impactful? Uh, if you asked me like a month ago, I wouldn't really have an answer because it all blended. But recently, I was watching something about the actual making of the album because I'm a dork, right? And the song You, I never really processed it, but it's... Do you know what it's about? It's Kendrick getting so viscerally mad at himself and depressed about himself, and it's so raw, and he's talking about how he's, he thinks he's the reason his mom left his family. He thinks, like, his friend got shot. Or, like, I forget the entire, like, backstory behind it, but it's basically a mental breakdown caught on an, an audio and mm -hmm. something about that is so fucking moving to me it's so i don't know it's hard to put into words but you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's yeah. just and like he's drinking it sounds like he's drinking doing it it's it's, it's a lot of exactly yeah. yeah yeah i think i was going on there but yeah. yeah uh so yeah that's my number one okay so <laughs> <laughs> following that <laughs> my number two is control by SZA. Um, I personally think she is one of the most influential artists of our generation and I think Control is such an important album to so many people and it was I think it's because of the way that she made her music so relatable so like she would describe feelings within the album that felt like personal and niche but it just related to everybody mm -hmm. um, and so many people say that through her songs, they were able to articulate their feelings in a way they couldn't before with topics like love and self-image and how they coincide. Um, since its release in 2017, Control has never left the Billboard Top 200 chart. Holy, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And you know, that was like five years ago, yeah, so... <laughs> oh my god. So the themes um, proposed in the album proved to be timeless, and like the the album title itself is about the natural human desire to have control over your own life and your own destiny and what's happening around you. And so throughout the album, you can see the struggle of control. In songs like Supermodel, Love Galore, and The Weeknd, she starts off confident. And then as the song goes on, she kind of starts pleading. Like she might plead for her life to change or someone to come back to her life even though at the beginning of the song, she talked about how she was better off without them. Right. And she also, I feel like she doesn't, she's not always the protagonist and it's obvious in the songs. So, but like, we're not always the protagonist of our own life. Right. And I think the duality of the album is what made it so successful. Um, but anyways, in songs like Dubs in the Wind and Broken Hearts, she establishes full control through her femininity. And so I just thought that was pretty cool that she was, throughout the album, she can do two things at once. Um, and I think the existence of like, oh, like I'm confident, I'm all that, and I can't do anything right is so like relatable to like young people mm -hmm. because we do feel like a self of worth, like a sense of self-worth, but it could easily be broken down in like a right. heartbeat. Like one bad test and all of a sudden you're the worst person ever yeah. on the planet. Yeah. But yeah, that's... Yeah, well, I 
Couldn't agree more. I think Control's an amazing album. It's one of, it's like one of my top five. <laughs> so good. I Loki. I didn't listen to it before this, but when we were writing the script, you were like going on. I was like, maybe I should. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. My second album is Emails I Can't Send by Sabrina Carpenter, specifically the deluxe version. It came out originally in summer of last year, 2022, and it's kind of similar to folklore, like with the storytelling, but in the album, Sabrina is very vulnerable with what she writes because a lot of the stories are about, like, events that have happened in her life. So, for example, in her first song, which is called Emails I Can't Send, she, like, talks about her childhood and like all the bad things that have happened to her and it's just like it's kind of like risky because like that's kind of calling her whole family out but like I really love how like vulnerable she is because like some of it I can relate to so this is one of my favorite albums because yes I can relate to some songs but not most but a lot of them that do relate to me I feel like as a teenager like it's like really easy to listen to and be like I don't know, like, connected to right, it, I guess. Right, like, you feel the album. Yeah. And then, I feel like all of her songs are all over the place in this album. They're, like, happy, they're sad, they're calm. She has, like, every genre in this album. So, I, like, think it's, like, it's a fun album to listen to when you're, like, feeling sad because you can get happy and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I, like I said, I love the deluxe album because it features four more of her songs, which include opposite lonesome things i wish you said in feather which that one's pretty popular you, some of you might know it if you're listening but <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying so hard it's okay i'm trying it's okay not it's not a lot of people's favorites but <laughs> if you do end up listening to it you'll be able to see how she can take a sad meaningful song and make it super fun like in feather she talks about like how she's like oh i don't need a man like i'm okay and then she'll be like oh but i really do like i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> so it's like really fun and upbeat um i would recommend this to a lot of people but especially teenage girls because it's all about like girls like in love with boys and stuff like that <laughs> but overall the album is labeled pop but i do believe like i said anyone can listen to this because there's even country and r&b and alternative music sabrina carpenter country has to go crazy yeah <laughs> I love Sabrina Carpenter so much. I get like TikToks from her, like <laughs> her shows on my For You yeah. page. It's, she's so talented. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Avery. Uh, so for my second pick, I'm going from one of the top ten albums of all time to an album I can genuinely guarantee nobody listening to this podcast has heard of. It's called Hell or High Water Two, and it's an excellent hip hop album even though it doesn't get a lot of coverage. The 13 Song 2019 album is admittedly one with like, I think it has a narrative going on. I say I think because it is an album that I turn on and listen to for the vibes, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like uh, Timothy Butterfly, for example, where I listen to it and I feel what's going on. I just listen to the funny words this man says and the <laughs> funny backing beats and it's just like, it's a good time. It's not something I'm thinking yeah. about. It's by Ark Woods, I think I forgot to say that. And I think, it, and it, perfect is a really strong word, but I think it has at least three or four perfect songs on it, which is kind of a crazy thing to say. Arkwood, so the thing is, he has really good flows, right? really good lyricism, and a really good hooks and instrumentals that lend this album to having a permanent place in my rotation, surely for how much of a vibe it is. There are some duds on the album, I'm gonna give you that. There, 
it's one of those albums where at its peak, holy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so absurdly good. And then I'm listening to the intro and I'm like, please, I love you, but shut up. <laughs> I want to get to that. Like, if you have to end up making a secondary playlist for an album that's just the album, but cutting out the songs you don't like, mm-hmm. there is admittedly a flaw with the album there, right? It, uh, like what Avery, so Avery said that the, uh, was it the Taylor Swift album had no skips or whatever? Yeah. This album definitely has skips, <laughs> but, it, but what isn't a skip is amazing. So I think this is an incredibly slept, slept on addition to modern hip hop, and that's purely for my more shallow enjoyment of the vibes on it. I'm not entirely sure if the deep, if there is a deep meaning or if the meaning would like ruin my appreciation of it, but seeing what I've seen about Ark Woods, I'm pretty sure it would only deepen how much I love this album. I highly recommend you listen to this album if you enjoy killer flow, low energy instrumentals, and a background, f- and like, it almost feels like background music in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, but like not Blick's background music, you're getting bread and you're listening to like Cape, like whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just music that like really gets you into that mood of just you're living your life and it's your life and it's really good. And yeah, so Hell or High Water 2 by Ark Woods, really underrated, please listen to this one again. Uh, Does the album have like an overarching like theme or are each songs kind of like... So this is where my issue comes in. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I know the songs have a similar naming, and I know the songs are really good, but unfortunately, I haven't actually, and this is a flaw of mine, I have been so content with just enjoying it as something to enjoy that I haven't really done that yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I find out, I'll let you know, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to probably look it up and like do some research after this. Uh, how about you? Any questions? No. Okay, cool. Sounds cool, though. Might have to listen. Please do. Uh, one thing, if you listen to uh, music on YouTube, not on YouTube at all. It's on SoundCloud, it's on Apple Music, and it's on Spotify, but it is not on YouTube. Like, one song from it is on it, and it's a song I hate, and it has like 2k views. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> um, my third and final album is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill Woo! by Lauren Hill. And this album is among the most respected in music, as her very first solo album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill won five Grammys, making her the first woman to receive five or more Grammys in a single night. It was the first hip-hop album to win Album of the Year. Um, It debuted number one on the Billboard Top 200 chart, breaking the record for first week sales by a female artist, which was previously held by Madonna. Um, It went 10 times multi-platinum, and it's it's just so good. Obviously. It's so it's so good. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> it's the real deal. It's like, the real deal. Actually the person who put me onto this album was well, I heard songs from it before, but mm-hmm. I didn't like think about it until right. it was ninth honor slit with Miss Lake. Uh-huh. When we had to like do the song analysis. Right. But yeah, she put me on. Miss Lake put you on it? Yes, Miss Lake You're put kidding. me on Miss Lake put Ms. you on Miss Education? Yes. Uh, Credit to Miss Lake. Yes. That's so good. But anyways, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> in the album, she talks about issues such as social justice, femininity, and love. Um, and although it was her first solo album, she was previously in a band called the Fugees, who had already won Grammys of their own. And throughout the album, she was able to master both singing and rapping songs, which was done before, but it wasn't nearly as successful as when she did it. Um, Songs like X Factor was written about her failed relationship with Wyclef John. It was a really public 
and messy relationship. He was married. Oh, wow. And she was pregnant, oh, not by him. Oh. Also, they were like six years apart. Oh. And like, she was like 12 or 13 when they met. Oh. And so he was like oh 17, no, 18, 19, 20, something like that. Huh? So. I. Huh? Okay, holy. Kind of yikes. Mm. But um, the intro of the album is a recording of like, a classroom setting and so the teacher is taking role and he goes on the list and says everyone's name and everyone is there except when Lauren's name is called she's not there she's absent so it is at the end of each song in the album the teacher asks his students about love and what it means to be in love what love is what love is about um, if they've ever been in love um, so, but since Lauren isn't present, she never learns what love is about, feeling that that's the reason why her relationships failed, because she doesn't have, she's educated about love, but she was miseducated. Right, right. One of the classroom conversations speaks about different kinds of love, and in the song To Zion, Lauren speaks of the love she has for her son and how it's far greater than the love she has for her career that she jeopardized by having him. And a lot of people actually don't like this song, huh. which is one of my favorites, but like when people will rate the songs of this album, it's always like oh, wow. bottom three. Holy grill. Yes, and I'm, oh my goodness. <laughs> but it talks about the pressures of motherhood, holding a career and finding love. Those themes are what <laughs> ultimately yes. pushed her out of the spotlight. Um, so, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill was her first and last recorded album. She, re she released another one, it was a live album on MTV, but you can't, like, you can't find that anywhere. Right. Except for, like, YouTube. Um, the duality of music on YouTube. It's either stuff that's nowhere else, or yeah. nowhere but YouTube, or nowhere but YouTube. But, um, this album still continues to show its impact. It's still sampled by artists like Drake, Kanye West, J. Cole, Baby Keem, and others. Um, and I think the masterpiece that is this album is worthy of all the respect it's given. No argument. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece. You could, I couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, so your, is your favorite song Tazana? I think so. I th I'm disappointed that I didn't hear it before I started the project. Right, right. But I think it's so good and so underrated. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're just not understanding her. You just don't get it. Right, you, you wouldn't understand. You just don't get it. I, I'm more often than not the people who don't get it entirely. <laughs> like, I've listened to an album for two years of my life and I still don't know what it's about. So. <laughs> but yeah. So, for my third um, album, I chose Fine Line by Harry Styles, another pop album, guys. <laughs> And it was released in 2019 and has 12 songs leading to a 47 minute album. The reason why I love this album so much is because it's the album that really got me into Harry and I got to go see him perform in 2021 20, during Love on Tour with my sister and that's just like a really like wholesome memory. Aww. And yeah, the whole album is very up, uplifting and I feel like whenever I'm not like in a good mood or like even just want to get motivation and get up and start the day, I can play the song Golden and it just really makes me feel like upbeat and like happy. So I also remember another memory, New Year's Eve of 2020, me and my sister blasted the song Golden at midnight because we were like, COVID's over, like we don't have to do this ever again, like we're <laughs> going to have a golden year. So that's what we 
that's the song we that's, so that's cute yeah. yeah so as you can probably tell i have a lot of good memories with this album but my favorites from this album include lights up cherry to be so lonely and fine line and I want to elaborate on the song Fine Line because if you listen to it, it's a very, very slow song. Like, it's very repetitive. He's saying the same thing over and over again. But I think it's one of the best songs you could ever hear because the first time I listened to it, I hated it. I <laughs> did not like it at all. I thought it was, like, the worst song anyone could ever put out. <laughs> but eventually I kept listening and I fell in love with it because on, like, all the verses, because it's the chorus that's repeated, but on all the verses... He's like, like how to love someone and like how like this relationship is growing, and it's just like very emotional. And I, when I listen to like the emotion in his voice, I can connect with that. Oh, okay. So yeah, and then also the song lights up. I really like because it's just it's also like golden. Like it's very like oh yeah party let's go. <laughs> and then yeah, so that's about it. But overall, the whole album is also a ten out of ten. No skips. It's very pick me up and sorry <laughs> slip, yeah, forty and slip very, yeah and then I would recommend it to anyone who likes pop music indie music or alternative oh I might have I, I will admit I do have Harry Styles bias because it's it's really easy to have yeah. Harry Styles bias but I'll try yeah, to everyone it. loves him <laughs> I, I think you misunderstand what I mean by Harry Styles bias yeah, no other, I'm sorry other way around yeah no I just it's the awards thing that's still kind of oh yeah. that was that was oh I was like yeah and it's like I don't want to discount him as an artist right but he <laughs> so funny like what people. are you talking about he, he didn't yeah, that I, was so mean a little Guys, bit yeah you have to understand he went on like he was on tour for three years straight like that's crazy or it was like two and a half years. right no I ain't not but does that make the album better yeah because uh, it gets all those plays I, and everyone loves it right. And if okay, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it there. Okay. We can okay now. Can so here's my final pick, and y'all are gonna have to stick with me on this one. I know up until now we have said just albums, right? Mm -hmm. So okay, I'm just gonna. So my pick is the volume one of the Steven Universe soundtrack, <laughs> and I know that's a big departure from the other two albums I just picked, but you've got okay. So. This album is really heavily tied to my development and guiding me through a rough time in my life. And I would be, feel guilty putting it anywhere up here, like anywhere else but up here, solely because of how much it's helped me. So I gotta put some clarification out here, because, so once again, this is not a no-skip album, because by dint of being a soundtrack, right, the, there's a lot of ambient music in it, right? I'm not, no, that don't count. <laughs> All of these rank this ranking comes from the vocal tracks for me, and I'm not discounting or calling it bad for the ambient music, but it's just not my speed, and I ignore when I'm talking about this album. Yeah, I completely skip them, and not to be mean to the album, because I'm sure there's a lot of effort put into them, I suggest you skip them too. <laughs> what matters to me most, mostly is the emotional, uplifting songs that were in it. Back in middle school, I was going through an awful time in my life, as most of us were. My big saving grace, dorky enough, was actually Steven Universe. I watched the show religiously, and something about it really spoke up to me. I was finding out that I was gay at the time. I was going through a lot of troubles because of it, and I don't know. I was It was really depressing, right? It was an awful period of my life. And that, in Steven Universe, if you've never seen it, is really queer. It's a really, not even overt, it's just a really gay show in a lot of ways. And something about seeing the show like that, being so applauded, and just representing stuff I viewed myself as, and common light really meant something to me. 
And yeah, I was so because of my love for the show, I listened to the soundtrack and it helped uplift me from that dark point in my life. Nearly all of the vocal songs on the track are incredibly upbeat and focused on emotional wellness and something about that really spoke to sad teenage gay as hell Logan. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like something I needed to hear. And it's not like I don't still, I still come back occasionally and I think of just beyond my emotional attachment. The songs are good songs. It's not like I'm listening to, it's not garbage. Yeah. It's, they're very good songs. The vocals are always really solid. The lyrics are always well, like well, in the, well enough made. And they're all fun and they're acoustic and something about it. It's just a good time to listen to. It's kind of like a lot of pop music, right? It's like, even if it isn't like deep at times, it's a good listen and it's like fun. Uh, yeah, and that was bring the smiles to my face. So it should be noted, though, that all the songs are sung during the actual show itself, meaning that they also have a narrative value that is lost on you if you just listen to it raw. But that doesn't really matter. You don't need it. They're good songs mm -hmm. regardless, right? Like, uh, so yeah. Uh, listen to this album if you enjoy upbeat or moving lyrics, acoustic instrumentals, lighthearted music that doesn't really require your full attention, or really gay music, because I, uh, I didn't write that down here, but I was talking to my friends about that, and I discovered that's just a genre. Just, <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What's your favorite song from oh. if you have one? Right now, it might be this is on volume one, but that distant shore, which is a really because that's like one of the very few songs that isn't super constantly like pop. I don't know. It's really acoustic. I really like the vocalist on it, and I really like the point in the show it was used in. So probably that distant shore. What's super funny about you, you have like, every time we ask you about your favorite song, it's like right now, like your favorite songs like change right. as you listen to it. Right, because I don't, this might just be a personal philosophy, but I think picking favorite favorites is really, well, beyond just hard, I don't think it's fair to albums. I think if I, like I listen to it like um, four or five years, I'm so old, four or five <laughs> years ago, right? And I probably would have said, like, Stronger, Stronger With You or something like that, right? And if I said that then, and I made that my favorite album, and kept that as my favorite album all the way up until here, that doesn't represent my headspace now, right? Mm -hmm. That's five years ago. So I try to not have solid favorites. I just, like, whenever I re-listen to it, I kind of re-rank an album. Mm -hmm. It gets really aggressive sometimes, like, literally with this album. So I have friends who are really in Steam Universe, too, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes I'll just rank... We'll rank the songs together and we'll have a good time. And I've looked at all the little rankings I've done. And I've had a song, I'm not, it's That Distant Short was at one point when I first started listening, literally my least favorite song. The song I just told you was my absolute favorite, was my least favorite song by a heavy margin. And I get where I was going with that. But yeah. Is it kind of like, you know, like when you have like a song on your playlist and. Every time it comes on, you skip it, but that one time where you just let right. it play through and you're like, wow, this song yeah. is so right. good. Like you, that you, yeah. you, you figured me out, you figured <laughs> it out. Yeah. And I think another big part of that is I am one of those people that loops songs when they find them. Mm -hmm. like. When you get sick of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm not proud of doing it. <laughs> yeah, but I do like, that too. I think that's about all we have to say today. Uh, take us away, Avery. Okay, um, this concludes this Across the Table. Thank you so much for listening. For a transcript of this episode, head to the Point of View tab on our website, nhsmessenger.org, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NHS Point of View. <laughs> we have been Caitlin, Avery, and Logan, and this has been Point of View. Woo!